morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 3rd of July, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with my colleague, Mike Rauber, and then I'll be speaking to Menzel Pochinci, our head of technical analysis, to get his latest thoughts on the markets from a technical perspective. But first up is Mike. Good morning, Mike. So the first half of the year is over and US equities, but also their European counterparts, ended on a strong note on Friday. Um, the S&P 500 and Eurostoxx 50 were both up more than 1%. Yes, indeed. Uh, on Friday, US inflation figures uh, clearly showed a softening in inflationary pressures. So that meant that the core PC, the Fed's favorite inflation measure, came in at 3.8%, that's the yearly rise, and that's the smallest advance in two years. So year-to-date, the S&P 500 and Eurostox 50 are up nearly 16%, but the true outperformer is the Nasdaq 100. It rose 39%, its best first half ever. While there were plenty of concerns on the economy and market cycle at the start of the year, it was the emergence of the artificial intelligence product cycle that drove major U.S. equity indices higher in the first half. But for what's in store for equities now, and whether more stocks will join this year's rally, I definitely look forward to Mentor's comments in a minute. And maybe just to add on Friday market news, following the release of the results of the U.S. banking stress tests, Citi, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo all said that they will raise their dividends. And I see in fixed income that U.S. bond yields softened on Friday after the inflation release, with the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield dropping to 3.82%. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yes, certainly. So at one point last week, the 10-year Treasury yield rose to 3.89%, so in striking distance of 4%. And in fact, yields for most tenors approached the highest levels seen so far this year. While bets that the Federal Reserve might cut interest rates have fizzled uh, during the course of the last months. So uh, this week, investors will really focus on economic numbers, meaning the global purchasing managing indices, the minutes of the US Fed meeting, and Eurozone retail sales. And really, the highlight of the week will be the all-important US jobs report. After all, it is a strong jobs market that is keeping consumption up. And I see some broad gains in Asian trading following up on the rally in New York. What's happening in Asia this morning? Yeah, certainly. Uh, Hong Kong, Japan and South Korean equities are up all more than 1% today. The Nikkei 225, so in Japan, it is rising 1.7% when I last looked and is up 29% in local currency terms this year, but only 16% in US terms this year due to the Japanese yen's weakness. Today, Japan's Tankan survey release is showing sentiment among large Japanese manufacturers is improving for the first time since the final quarter of 2021. And now it comes that is on the back of falling raw material prices. And in China, the Kaishin Manufacturing Purchasing Manager Index expanded for a second month in June. And also on the positive, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will go to Beijing this week. A good thing when the two largest economies in the world talk to each other. So really some good news out of Asia today. Absolutely. I've also seen in the news that the electric vehicle makers Tesla and BYD have reported strong quarterly results. Have you got the details here? 
Yeah, just briefly. So China's electric vehicle maker BYD reported a record sales of 252,000 cars in June, and its shares are up 3% today. And already yesterday, so on Sunday, Tesla reported a record delivery of 466,000 cars in the second quarter, which is up 83% from last year. But uh, one must add, this came at the cost of lower prices for the cars. But overall, I think the numbers really paint a picture of strong electric vehicle sales. Let's turn to digital assets now. There is much hope in the crypto community that the SEC will finally approve a physically backed ETF. After initially going up, prices then fell on Friday, but Bitcoin is still above $30,000 I see this morning. Yes. Uh, so what is happening is that major fund houses, so we're talking about Fidelity, Wisdom Tree and Invesco, all filed a fresh set of applications for a spot Bitcoin ETF on Friday afternoon. And that's quite remarkable because the uh, 4th of July, Independence Day, is tomorrow. The US is already closing this afternoon at 1 p.m. on the equity side. So New York is really going on vacation, but they're filing a fresh set of applications on Friday afternoon. So in the hope that the SEC will then finally approve a first ETF based on physically backed ETFs. There are some out there which are based on futures. And it's probably safe to say any positive decision by the SEC could spark a Bitcoin rally. That's all from me. Back to you, Helen. Thank you very much, Mike, for the roundup. Now, Menzor, great to have you on today's show. Um, good morning to you. So we're halfway through the year. So far this year, we've seen really strong performance from digital assets and information technology stocks. Do you think this is going to continue? Yes. Good morning, Helen. Yes, of course, this is the most important question. We had a spectacular run this year, and the question is, can these gains uh, continue until the end of the year? So what can we do uh, to answer this question? We can look at history for guidance. So, for example, we can take a look at the S&P 500 and take a look what happens after the S&P 500 basically records gains in excess of 10% during the first half of the year. Intuitively, one would expect, of course, that uh, there is uh, some consolidation, but uh, historically the pattern basically is that there is no further gain. So on average, after gaining more than 10% in the first half, the S&P basically gained more than 6% until the end of the year. Um, of course, uh, if one is a bit in doubt, one can always ask gold. So when we look, for example, at the S&P gold ratio, we can still see that we are 12% below the highs of 2021. And if you go back further, we see that we are still uh, more than 58% below the highs of the year 2000. So here, in our view, there is plenty of upside potential. Of course, uh, it, will be, uh, it would be not realistic to expect the same gains in the second half of the year. But basically, the message from the technical analysis uh, or market pricing is that there is a broadening of the rally. So small caps, which have basically lagged, are joining the rally. And secondly, we are seeing in the credit market improvements as well. So U.S. high-yield bonds outperforming U.S. Treasury bonds. Okay, so for digital assets and information technology stocks specifically then, um, less strong returns is what you're expecting? Well, for those uh, markets, information technology, we still think so we can put them in the camp of growth stocks. 
We still expect further outperformance, so they should continue to lead uh, because they had fallen so much uh, last year. And basically, uh, digital assets, uh, I think we are not uh, able to uh, to command due to legal reasons. But we think the risk appetite uh, generally in the market is still there because going into this year, uh, there was a lot of skepticism from investors because of these uh, heavy losses in uh, 2022, especially the losses were broad-based, so investors lost on their equity and their fixed income investments. And what about in Europe? Let's talk about the Eurostox 50 and the DAX, maybe. What are the charts telling us about where these indices are heading? Well, the pattern is basically the same. They had strong gains and uh, they are behaving like in a bull market. So in a bull market, uh, once a market is overbought, uh, in uh, in contrast to a bear market, it consolidates those gains or removes the overbought reading by just going sideways. So here as well, we would think there is further upside potential. And especially when we look at uh, equities outside the US, so let's say Europe, basically most of these equity markets are at multi-year highs against fixed income or assets or gold. So this means that for uh, multi-asset investors, these equities are becoming much more attractive and they are breaking out of very long-term consolidations. So we think here the surprise is uh, similarly uh, still on the upside. Great. Thanks very much, Menzo, for sharing your thoughts this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player.